program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what time it is. It's time for the IC Robot Show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people! I am from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the champ, Icy Robots, and I'm still not a hero, but it's still sacrificing a little bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, this week, it is going to get so much less weak. We got, like, we got a million fun things ahead of us. It's going to be great. You're going to have a good time. Every every fear you have will be alleviated. Every stress you have will be gone. It's going to be great. All right, let's, uh, I got a new song. Hold it. No! Check one, check two. Check one, check two. Scars and bloods from the deadly bars I bust. The balmy by the bombs or fuss. Made men trade hands with young guns. They stop manufacturing the cloth that I'm cut from. You are listening to the IC Robot Show. Ten seconds. We turn the mic out, diss your whole crew, and then turn around and punch your lights out. All right, it is me, your boy. I am back. This is Icy Robots. Uh, big up to MC Kate for uh for taking down those czar face rhymes up with some more Inspector Deck lyrics. I I love Inspector Deck from the Wu Tang Clan. I think if you asked me, I would say the best MC in the Wu is probably Ghostface Killer. But my personal favorite is Inspector Deck. He's the one that, he's the one that speaks to me the most. I don't know why that is. I don't know why art affects me in the way that it does, but it does affect me in that way. Inspector Deck, all the way. Let's see what, uh, what's going on this week. I, I was in contact with Angus McShay. That was the, uh, lawyer from Toys R Us Scotland who called me last week on the, on the garage phone. And he, he thinks that I have a pretty good chance of suing Pooptronics. And of winning, which is, which is of course the point of a lawsuit. But I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't really want to go and take that route. As, as many of you know, many of you who've been following along, I've been working at Pootronics for golly, like six, seven, eight years now. And I, I was put on indefinite unpaid leave after I, after I felt the need to go walk the earth, after I felt a great sadness in my heart and I had to go out with my bow staff and my, my satchel and walk the earth and, uh, do those, um, you know, those sort of things. They decided that they, they were going to call walking the earth 
job abandonment, and ever since then I've been on a uh, unpaid leave, which is which is whack. I think that they would have gone ahead and just fired me by now, but uh, we got the local vent cleaner seven oh seven representing us with our with our boy Tommy Salami, who we know from Johnny Jail. I I don't want to sue. Like I said, because I feel like that burns a bridge permanently. I don't know how many people have ever gone back to the uh, job they had after they've sued said job. I'm sure there have been some. I'm sure there are some high-profile cases of that happening that I I don't know off the top of my dome, but it's not something that I want to do. Honestly, if I could avoid court, I would do so, but I don't know. I don't know what else there is to do. I've also been talking to my dude, Tom Salam, and Tom Salam's not happy about any of this. He thinks that I should be letting the uh, union take care of it. And look, I would want to. Tommy, if you're listening right now, and I assume you are, I I want nothing more than to have the local 707 take care of this. But you guys, you guys aren't doing it. I'm still out of work. I haven't gotten a paycheck in like forever. I haven't gotten paid in like forever. Good thing that the wife has a job. Good thing that the kid has a job. Because otherwise... We'd be out on the streets. I wouldn't have all the motus that I have. I'd be selling my G.I. Joes. I'd be selling my comics. So, heaven, thank them for stepping up in the way that I am unable to because of this whole, this whole whatever. I, I'm going to give it a little more time. I'm hoping that my dude Angus, he's my dude now. He's, he's decided to take the case. He's going to write a letter to Pooptronics Legal. And hopefully that will be enough to get me back to work. But if it's not... We might have to go to court. We might have to do something. It's something I never, not, never, not, never, never, never wanted to do. But in life, there are things you don't want to do that sometimes you have to, I guess. Which is which is one of the things that makes us grown-ups. Well, uh, we're still kind of like roughly on the topic of selling stuff. Have you guys ever had to sell anything that you really wanted to because you had to pay a bill or you had to do everything? I have not really been at that point in my life yet. But I guess if that day happened in some way, you're going to be happy that you have these exciting collectibles that you can get a little bit of money for. It's it's like you do have to think of the things you buy as investments in a way. You have to try to think, if I buy this G.I. Joe, if I spend 20 bucks, 25 bucks on this, uh, this G.I. Joe, this shipwreck, let's say, will I be able to sell this shipwreck if need be for the same price or more that I got it for? I... I don't want to ever have to do that, but if these things don't get settled too with Pooptronics dudes, I might be, I might be having a big fire sale of my Joes, of my comics. Now, I don't mind selling things that I have doubles of, or things that I find at the flea market that I think somebody might want. I think that's, I think that's all fun, and I think that's one way that I, I fund my, my toy hobby, is by, is by grabbing things that I think that I can get to somebody out there who might want it more then I'll take that money and I'll get things that I want. I'll get things that I need. I'll get some Motus. I'll get some Joes. I'll get all that kind of stuff. And that's all, that's all good. That's all fine. Because I get some money, they get some things they want, and then I get some things that I want. It's almost like trading the uh, thing I don't want for the things I do want, but there's like a money step in between. You know, and that's all, that's all fine. But when it gets to the point where you're like, I gotta sell all my rare rap tapes. I gotta sell my brand Nubian tapes. I gotta sell my public enemy tapes. I gotta sell my third base tapes. I gotta sell that uh, Cactus Revisited, the rare, the very rare Cactus Remix record, just to just to pay the water bill. That's that's gonna be sad. So what I'm saying is, I guess in a roundabout way, is this is the perfect time for you guys to consider joining uh, Patreon at supportthereport.com. It's it's a nice thing to do. It's a great thing to do. It may very well 
be the thing that keeps the lights on in the studio. I want to give a big up to my homeboy, Sean, who signed up for Patreon last week. Big up to Sean. I've been seeing you hanging and banging around the Facebook group, facebook.com backslash Icy Robots for a while now. It's nice to see that you've joined the cool kids. You can hang out with us at the fun table over in the cafeteria. When you guys ate in the cafeteria when you were younger, when you were in school, where did you sit? I, I always had issues with finding, like, a good space. When I was in elementary school at Binkley, you just, uh, you went ahead and you sat down in the order in which you came into the cafeteria, and that was fine. I didn't mind that, but sometimes you had to sit next to people you didn't really like, but it's okay, because in elementary school, the point of eating your lunch is just to gobble it down as fast as you can so that you can go outside and plan the monkey bars. But when you got to, like, junior high, it was always rough, and I, I, I could never find, like, a very comfortable seat. I had a couple friends, but we weren't, like, enough to take up a whole table. You know, we had to, we had to be part of a table, so it meant that we would have to sit with other people that we may or may not like, and while in theory, that could make you friends with these other people, it never not never worked out that way. It was always just like us sitting on one side, somebody else sitting on the other side, or whatever. Middle school was the worst, we all know that. I'm just, I'm just rambling right now. My brain is so scattered because of this whole Pooptronics thing. It's just so stressful. Just so stressful wondering uh, what's going to happen. The most stressful thing in the world is just not knowing. But in reality, you hardly know anything. Sure, we have some routines. and For the most part, these routines go off like we planned. But you never know what's going to happen. So I think a very important key to surviving with your uh, wits about you is just being able to accept that you don't know what's going to happen next. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Cisco, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something right. Yo, Brown Eye! Check out this clip from our new movie, Jay and Silent Bob Reboots. Brace yourself. You're about to meet our love child. Uh, I think I'm gonna need to see a blood test. Hello? Mom! I told you to leave these meth heads tied up until the cops got here. I didn't call the cops, and these guys are not meth heads, okay? They only look like meth heads because they're from New Jersey. Boys, this is my daughter, Millennium Falcon. I am not for sale. This is a big humbug. And this? Oh, this is a big gun. Oh. I forgot to wash my hands. The Gentleman, rated R, January 24th. week on At The Movies, we are going to have a first. We're going to have an all-time first. I'm going to do something that I have never, not, never, 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 never done before in that I am going to review two movies at the same time. But I feel like, I feel like these movies are similar enough in spirit that this is, this is going to work. The two movies that I am talking about this week are Jane Silent Bob Reboot by Kevin Smith and The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie, two of my favorite 90s filmmakers back in the same week. It was, it was amazing. The Jay and Silent Bob actually came out like last year, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a wide theatrical release. Our dude Kevin Smith went around with like a touring show, 
where he played the movie and it didn't play anywhere that I could get to. So I had to wait. I had to wait until it dropped on DVD and grab it over at Joe Video. The second movie is The Gentleman. The latest from Guy Ritchie, who you might know from Snatch. You might know him from Lock, Stock, and Two Broken Barrels. You might know him from The Rock and Rolla. You might know him from all sorts of things. He makes, uh, he makes like British gangster movies with like tough talking Brits with fists of steel. He... He has a real formula, just like our dude, Kevin Smith. And that's where I feel like these two things tie together so well. In Jay and Bob Reboot, we see we see a return to the Viewisk universe of Mallrats. Jay and Silent Bob, Clerks, Chasing Amy, all that stuff that we know and love. That I, I myself know and love. In this one, the titular characters, Jay and Silent Bob, are getting a reboot of the movie that they made, I don't know how many years ago, I think it was 1999, 2001, the uh, Jay and Silent Bob. In the reboot, uh, Silent Bob is going to be played by Val Kilmer and Jay. I forgot his name. I totally drew a blank on his name. The movie's called Jay and Silent Bob and I drew a blank on Jay Muse's name. Jay is going to be played by Melissa Benoist from Supergirl. It's, it's going to be fun. I liked this movie a lot. It starts off pretty slow, I thought. Like the first half hour or so, it is pretty slow, but once once things start to get going, it really is a fun ride. There is this theme of like tying together a little bow around all the Viewisk Universe stories. You see Brody from Mallrats. You see um, Ben Affleck from Chasing Amy. You see everybody. You see the cast of Clerks in black and white. It is just, it's just a delight. If this is something that means a lot to you, if you're into the Viewisk Universe, and I, I really have been over the years. When I was like a young sprat, this was all, I wasn't even a young sprat. I was a younger sprat, let's say. I was a young sprat back in the day of Motus. I was like, I was like a young punk in the days of the the Viewisk universe. When this was all popping off, I was into it so bad. There weren't like there weren't like a lot of collected universes at the time. So to see all these movies like cross over was really great. And I I really enjoyed seeing what could be considered the end of all these things. I don't think it will be. I think that there is a Mallrats 2 in the work. Maybe works. Maybe, maybe not. I I don't know for sure. One thing about Kevin Smith is he likes to he likes to talk about a new project when he has a new project. And a lot of times for whatever like behind the scene things, these these products don't get going. I know how that is, man. There's a lot of a lot of things that have to get put in a row before you can get a movie started. It's not it's not as easy as one would think. But there's there's been like any number of Kevin Smith projects. Like a uh, Moose Jaw was the one I remember a horror movie about a moose. It was like Jaws with a moose. There was there was a hockey movie. There was all kinds of things. Remember he's talking about a He-Man cartoon recently, and a lot of these things just don't get going. So I I don't know if this is the end. I don't know if there will be more view askewness. I hope there is. I enjoy it. I like it a lot. If there is more, I will I will definitely be on board. There's not there's not like a ton plot-wise in the movie. They're just they're trying to go and put a stop to the movie because they don't like the idea of their images being used without their permission. At one point they signed away the rights, they lose the rights to Jay and Silent Bob, so they decide they're gonna crush the movie. They're going to destroy the movie, and to do so, they have to go to this thing called Chronic Con, which is like Comic-Con, obviously, but about uh, Jay and Silent Bob, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of Jay and Silent Bob fans in the Viewisk universe, I guess. So they have Chronic Con, and they have to go to Chronic Con, and that's where they're going to crush the film. Very similar to, like, Mallrats, where they're going to try to crush the uh, the game show 
that's being filmed at the mall, that kind of thing. There's a lot of wackiness, a lot of weird adventures, a lot of fun stuff. It was it was really cool, and it was just neat to see like a return to this. Much like in The Gentleman, the Guy Ritchie movie, it was neat to see Guy Ritchie return to his roots, make a British action film, a British gangster film. It was it was really nice. It was really comforting to see both of these, especially like to see both of these. The same weekend, we saw Jay and Silent Bob rented at a Joe video, watched it on Saturday. And then we saw The Gentleman on Monday. I I like The Gentleman a lot. This one stars Charlie Hunnam. You know, like Charlie Hunnam, it has Hugh Grant. This, this act of his career that Hugh Grant is on right now is just amazing. Dude is killing it. He is fantastic in this movie. Colin Farrell is in it as well. I think you would say Matthew McConaughey is maybe the star him or Charlie Hunnam. It's hard to it's hard to say. It's an ensemble cast. I guess I would say um that Matt McConaughey is the star, but Charlie Hunnam has almost the equal amount of screen time. The the basic story is this. Matt McConaughey is the uh, marijuana impresario of all of Britain and he's trying to he's trying to sell his weed business and move on in life. And there's there's all kinds of things involved with like selling a criminal enterprise, the size of his criminal enterprise and things, things just get weird. Things go awry. Things get out of order. And it's, it's in the out of orderness where the uh, fun begins. I liked this movie a lot. It's very stylish. Everyone is very well dressed. All the British thugs in this movie wear these like these very fancy sweatsuits, these like plaid sweatsuits, and they they look pretty dapper. Your boy might start wearing like a plaid sweatsuit pretty soon. I've tried to wear sweatsuits in the past, and there's some dudes who can pull it off, like Jay, Jam Master Jay, not Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, but Jam Master Jay and those guys. They can they can pull it off. Cool Jay looks amazing in a uh, sweatsuit, but when your boy puts one on. I don't look dope. I look like I'm trying to just not get dressed that day. Like when when J Master J goes out and he's wearing his Adidas suit, he looks like that's what he's wearing because he's so stylish. When I do it, it looks like you just didn't want to get dressed today. You know, your dude just didn't want to get dressed. But the guys in this movie, they all look great. There are just so many amazing fight scenes. There are fist fights. There are gun fights. There's just like, there is so much neat stuff going on. I... I love a Guy Ritchie movie, and I like this one a lot. I I would go see it again, honestly, because there's, like, so many little fun scenes in there, much like Jay and Silent Bob when it gets um, available for a sale at Joe Video. I'm going to grab it because I wanted to watch it again the next day because it was just, it was so comforting, and it was so nice to be... To be in this place that you've been before, this place that you haven't been in a while, this place that you enjoy, just an ultimate nostalgia fest for both movies. Both directors did exactly what they do best. It was awesome. I loved it. I had a great movie going weekend. So with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to give The Gentleman and Jay and Silent Bob the reboot a solid 3.5 mics. 3.5 3.5 mics. Maud, starring Beatrice Arthur, and Kojak, starring Telly Savalas, will return next Saturday night at their regular times on most of these stations. All right, it is me, and we are back. This is the big middle 
portion of the show. Over the past few weeks, I've been talking a lot about He-Man's Masters of the Universe, things like that. I, I've started back in, like, full-time on my He-Man collection, even though I think that I might be, like, nearing completion with uh, what I want. But I, I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit, because He-Man's been on my, it's been on my mind a lot lately, it's been on my radar as of late, I, I've been looking back, and looking back into the days of yore, when I was, like, fully into playing with toys and being a kid and stuff, and I think that, I think that in, in, in recollecting back, I may have been into He-Man's as much as I was into, uh, G.I. Joe, but the, the G.I. Joe collecting, like, continued on for, like, many, many, many moons, it even continues on today, it hardly, it hardly ever stopped, but I think that at one point I was like crazy, crazy, crazy into Motu, and then it's kind of just sort of slipped out of my memory as my head has um become full, full of uh, GI Joe type stuff. Those were kind of like the two, the two big franchises in my life. My my bro was into Transformers. That's like the holy trinity of toys of that era. You got GI Joe, He Man, and then the Transformers, and I. I've never really been, like, big into Transformers myself, but my bro was into them crazy, so they, they were all over the house, so we had, like, the Holy Trinity, but I think that over time, my, my memories of, uh, He-Man just sort of, they just sort of disintegrated away, and I don't really know why that was, but I would, I would from, like, time to time be at a, at a toy show, and I would see, like, a He-Man, and I would, I would think how great it would be to have that, and I, I never really pulled the trigger, but I, I was always, like, I was on the verge. I think maybe, like, not last year, but the year before that, I was at the uh, Santa Rosa Toy Con. And I saw some lady had a uh, He-Man and Battle Cat and Skeletor and his Panther. I, I, I can't recall the uh, character's name right now off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, his his Panther, his steed. But she had she had both of them for sale with all the weapons. He-Man had his axe in his shield, and Skeletor had his sword, and his staff, and his armor, and I, I was gonna pull the trigger on both of them, but I, I hesitated and walked around a bit, and by the time I came back, somebody else already, already had gotten them, and I, I was filled with regret, but I, I pushed that regret out of my head, because I'd bought them, like, a lot of fun G.I. Joes, probably, but, um, for Christmas a couple years ago, the wife picked me up Castle Grayskull, I did a I did a top five episode on the uh, good old T-R-U-R-P-T about the top five Christmas gifts of all the time and space. I hope you guys remember that. If not, if not, go back and look. There's a whole archive of shows for you new listeners. There's tons, tons and tons and tons of shows over at uh, icrobots.com. But um, the, the number one toy on that list was Castle Grayskull. I remember getting it for Christmas one year and it was, it was like a mind-blowing experience. It was amazing. It's such... Such a great playset. So she uh, she heard me talking about it. So she decided to uh, to get me that. But she picked up a lot on eBay to get the uh, get the Castle Grayskull. And in the lot was like a ton of other He-Man dudes. And for whatever reason, I I decided just to you know to flip those to sell those. She was cool with it. She's like, look, I got you the castle. You can do whatever you want with these guys. They're just thrown in. They weren't anybody great. As I recall, but I managed to sell the lot, and I probably bought some some GI Joes with the uh, with, with the money because it's still it's like He Man hadn't quite caught on. Like I was happy to have Castle Grayskull, and over time I picked up a He Man and a Battle Cat, and I had Man at Arms. Those were like 
those were my dudes. Man at Arms was like my favorite dude. So I had those dudes and I had a couple Lucy's laying around. I think I have um the the guy who's who's split down the middle. He has two heads and his arms kind of throw little hooks at each other. I had him and I had uh Tila and I had the the uh, evil Lynn that I picked up at a garage. So I'm trying to look over there right now at the shelf and I can see who I who I had. But I had some of the main characters and I, I felt like I was, I was pretty satisfied with that. But then that Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us, they did an episode on He-Man and that kind of that kind of brought it all, all back to me. I, I like the toys that made us. I like the information that's in there. I like seeing toys on TV. I like all that stuff, but I don't, I don't especially like the format of the show. I think there's a lot of great information and I've, I've watched uh, each one like numerous times, but I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it as much as I, as I would. But at any rate, when I, when I saw that, it was so great. That it really, like, brought back the He-Mans to me, like, in a big way. Like, a big way. And I think that uh, what really, like, spurred me on in that direction was I, w- I was watching the show, and they showed an image of uh, Beast Man. Beast Man was like, he was like one of Skeletor's lackey. He might be considered, like, his number one lackey. He was kind of, he was kind of his number one whipping boy. He was really mean, and the way that he treated Beast Man was, was unfair overall, as I, as I remember. But I... I always was taken with the with the action figure. I don't know if I even had it as a kid, but it was one of the ones that I did think was was pretty neat. And when I saw it there on the screen, I said, "Hey, I'm going to go online and I'm going to check and see just like how much it would cost for me to get a to get a Beast Man, like all kitted out, like all done with all this all the stuff." And I I hit up eBay and I discovered that it wasn't like really all that much. I would consider Beast Man to be one of the more popular dudes. Like he's one of the more more main characters, and I, I was surprised to see that like a dude of his stature could be picked up for like twenty five bucks, like twenty bucks if you look around. That would be a pretty good, a pretty good bargain. Twenty five with like a couple dollars shipping is probably probably like a more realistic uh, price if you if you look around. There for one, there are ones that are way, way, way more than that. But if you don't really mind the condition, if you're not like a condition guy and you just, you want to have like a, a decent one for, for your uh, setup, he, he can be gotten for like 25 bucks if you, if you poke around. I was really, I was really surprised by that. And then I started looking at other guys and the He-Mans I were, I was surprised were not anywhere near as expensive as G.I. Joe's. When I go online and look at G.I. Joe's, of course there are tons that you could pick up for 25 bucks. But like the first series main guys are sometimes pretty, pretty pricey, in my opinion, and I, I would consider, I would consider Beastman to be a character similar to a, uh, to a, um, let's say, who would he be, like, in the G.I. Joe universe? It's hard to say, because he's a heel, maybe, like, a major blood, maybe, like, somebody like that, a, uh, kind of, kind of buffoon on the team, that might be, that might be a decent, uh, decent comparison but major blood costs more than than that for the most part as far as i as far as i see so i was surprised by that and then i I was surprised at some of the low prices on the uh the other ones that i was looking at so i decided you know i might pick a few of these up and it kind of it kind of started like that like that quickly that easily when i uh like when i first jumped back in my initial idea was that i was gonna try to get the entire g1 like the original first setup the 1982 83 somewhere somewhere thereabouts i was like 10 11 years old at the time that's like prime years for like actual action figure playing but i decided i was gonna get all those guys you know 
He-Man, Skeletor, Beast Man, all those dudes. That would that would be like not necessarily a project because they're all they're all out there and they're all available, but it's going to be like a bit of a cash outlet. So, this was going to be spread over like a far-reaching like a far-reaching time cuz I might be able to, you know, pick some of these guys up at the flea market or I might be able to pick some of these guys up at like a toy show or like a con. You do see them. They pop up. I might be able to get some over at the uh the Batcave, our local uh, vintage toy store over in Railroad Square. They got a lot of a lot of fun things over there. If you're like a Santa Rosa guy and you, you don't even like dip in there ever, dip in there. It's pretty fun. They got tons of neat comics, tons of neat toys. Great place to look around. That's an unpaid advertisement. That's not even like anything they're hitting me up to do. Don't think that. I just, I think it's a pretty fun, fun shop. I don't go over there all as much as I would think, but I do, I do go in there from time to time. I like to, I like to hit up their dollar comic boxes. I, I found like a ton of great things there. It's a ton, like a ton of times, but I, I did pick up a lot of great things over there. I got a big bin full of Wizard Magazine back issues the other day. I am so crazily into Wizard Magazines. You guys know this. I'm trying to put together like a complete run and Homeboy had like a tub with a bunch in them and he uh, cut me a good deal on the tub. And then it turned out that like, I didn't even have like 15 of the ones. So it was like a great addition to my collection. The uh, other ones are always like backup reading copies. I read these things to death. I love that magazine so much. Let's uh, let's take a quick break right now. That was just like a, uh, a foray into nothing. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and look at the, uh, the G1 of He-Man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be brief. It's going to be fun though. It's going to be cool. Don't worry about it. He-Man, He-Man. Who's the big guy with the muscles? Your host, Icy Robots. Who's the big guy with the muscles? Your host, Icy Robots. If He-Man, Skeletor, and Castle Grayskull, you have to put the castle together. You're doomed, He-Man. Oh, yeah? Watch this action, Dad. Now I have the power. He-Man and Skeletor each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. Alrighty, tidy whitey, we are back. Took a quick break, ran around the house. It is cold as a mug in the Earth base right now. I kid you not. It is like, it's like freezing, man. I I, I don't even know how I'm going to handle it. But at any rate, we, we're going to take a quick look at the G1 dudes. These are like the dudes that everybody knows. They pretty much came up with like most of the classic characters. Like, like right off the jump. This was something that I learned. Great. Great uh, original series. Let's take a look. This is from uh, He-Man.org. That's He with a dash and then the man. They, they've they been like an invaluable resource to my um, working on all this. So the first guy, this is like alphabetical. This is 1982. The uh, first guy that you have is a Beast Man. Beast Man is an evil warrior and he... He has a whip and an armor, I guess. You'd call it like it goes around his neck, protects his collar and his neck area as well. As well as his chest. And he has a couple, he has a couple other pieces of armor that one goes on each of them. Right below his uh, shoulders. They, they're almost like uh, bicep pads. But uh, he's the dude that got this all jumping off for me. I don't think I had him back in the uh, day, but I... I've always liked him. It's just one of, one of like the, uh, you know, the, the Holy Trinity, as it were, of like, uh, of bad guys. The second dude, alphabetically, is, uh, the titular, titular character in the saga He-Man. This is He-Man himself. He-Man, He-Man. Who's the big guy with the muscle? I think that, uh, I think that's what they should call him. 
the big guy with the muscles. He's He-Man. The big guy with the muscles. Change the whole uh, name of the entire franchises from from Masters of the Universe to He-Man. He's the big guy with the muscles. Because that really, that really sums it up. He's the straw that stirs the drink of the uh, Masters of the Universe. Slash big guy with the muscles universe. I had him when I was younger. I know this for a fact. He survived many years, many action figure battles. All the way, all the way up until the end. He-Man comes with a shield. He comes with an axe. As well as the power sword. Or is it the sword of power? I don't know. I'm not incredibly well versed. In uh, in He-Man lore, I watched the cartoon when I was younger, but I don't, I don't remember any of the major storylines or anything. It all, it all kind of got pushed out of my head when I got into a uh, GI Joe. There's only room for GI Joe in my head, but uh, He-Man, the uh, G1 He-Man, I think is one of the iconic figures in all of like 80s figuredom. You got a He-Man, you got like Snake Eyes and Scarlet. I think those are the iconic GI Joe ones, mainly Snake Eyes, but Scarlet to me is one of the uh, one of the icons, too. And then you got um, Optimus Prime, that G1 Optimus Prime, and that, that G1 Starscream, and the uh, G1 Megatron, and then, of course, the four the four G1 Turtles. I think that he's... I think that he's in that, obviously. He's one of the best. He's the greatest. He's, uh, he's He-Man. Battle Cat was released at the same time. I didn't have Battle Cat. I think I learned that Battle Cat was, what, a big gym... He was a big gym mold. I I don't want to really want to delve into the history all that much because they did that so well in uh, the toys that made us. That we're all we are all very well versed in He-Man history by this point. I think the the next one alphabetically is another iconic action figure. At least to me, it's Man at Arms, He-Man's loyal sidekick. If if He-Man were a movie, and I realize He-Man has been a movie and will be a movie again, but if He-Man were a movie. Man-at-Arms is the loyal sidekick that would die along the way. He wouldn't make it all the way to the end. And his death would be the, the thing that gives He-Man the final nudge that it takes for him to, to make it up to the mountain and defeat Skeletor. He's, he's a great guy. He's a loyal guy. I never could figure out why they called him Duncan on the cartoon. They used to trip me out and really, really bother me. And why he had a mustache and why the action figure didn't have a mustache. All these things really, they really bugged me. But it did go a ways to kind of, in my mind at least, separate the cartoon universe and my toy universe. Like, I was aware of the idea of a multiverse. You know, I read comics. So I was like, this is this is all some different universes kind of stuff. But uh, let's see. Man-in-Arms comes with orange armor. He's green. He wears bright green. And he has bright orange armor that covers his chest. He has an arm piece as well as a leg piece. And he also has, he has a mace. His trusted mace. A mace is such, such a crazy weapon. And you're just like bashing. Bashing people in the head. Bashing people in the body with a... Uh, with a big pipe with a ball at the end. What a way to live. The next guy on the list alphabetically is another iconic character. He's one of the he's one of the Hall of Famers. If you ask me, this is of course Merman. He is the water guy on Skeletor's team. You got like a jungle guy, Beast Man. Now you got like a water guy, Merman. He looks like some freaked out fish monster. He's green. This is one I have now. I don't think that I had him. Back then, I don't have a recollection of having this guy in my in my armory of figures, and I, I think that I would have. He's he's cool. I like him a lot. I got him for Christmas. The uh, the kid 2.0 picked him up for me, and I thought that was a great gift. I think she paid like twenty five bucks. That's the uh, going rate on the uh, a lot of these a lot of these guys like twenty five bucks shipped. He's cool though. He has a yellow sword that kind of looks like a corn on the cob from a certain angle. It's supposed to be serrated. 
But of course it can't be pokey because you don't want some kid poking his eye out. So it's it's kind of bumpy and it looks like corn. And he has green armor. I dig this guy a lot. He is one of my favorites. When when it rained the other week, I took him outside to the uh, side yard where there's like a place where water gathers. And I, I took a couple pictures of him. He looked He looked pretty dope. He's evil. By the way, in case you didn't know, he's not one of the heroic warriors. He's one of the evil warriors. Up next is another giant icon. This is one of the top icons in all 80s action figures. This is, this is of course, Skeletor. Skeletor is the big baddie of the, uh, of the set. He has a skeleton for a head, and he wears purple armor. He has purple armor that covers his chest. Then he has a staff that looks like it has a ram on the top, like it's all freaked out. And then he has the other half. Of the power sword. Or is it the sword of power? I still don't know. I should probably know. What was cool was he had a purple half. And He-Man has a gray half. And you could put them together. And if he had both pieces, you could stick it in the castle Grayskull and open the door. Right now I have He-Man. I don't have Skeletor. But for whatever reason, I have Skeletor's sword. So the He-Man that I have has both halves of the power sword. I do need to get Skeletor. He's going to be on my... uh, on my eBay list, when I looked, Homeboy is like 80, 85 bucks if you want all the accessories. So I'm cutting a little bit of a break for myself because I can find one that has the staff and has the armor because I already have the sword. The sword is, the sword is one of the uh, easier to get accessories, I think. I think a lot of Skeletors were sold and I think at some point they sold like an accessory pack. I seem to recall that, but I can't, I can't say for sure, but um, I have the sword That'll save me like 20 bucks, so that's nice. He is one that I I definitely, definitely need to get. He is just uh, a bit out of my price range at the moment. It's hard for me to drop like 85 bucks on an action figure. I know for some of you guys, that's nothing. But to me, dropping 85 bucks on something that I'm just going to sit on the shelf. It's a little hard for me. It's a little rough. So I kind of hold out hope that I'll find one at a toy show at like a much lower price. I think this is possible. I... I hope this is possible. Maybe I'll find one of the dig. This was like a common figure at times. And I do, I do have a different Skeletor. I have the Skeletor with the big claws that attach to his hands. I forget what they're, I forget what they're called. We'll get to that at some point in the future when I do more, more He-Man talk. I, I love Skeletor. Everybody loves Skeletor. He, Cobra Commander, Megatron. Those are the, uh, that's the Mount Rushmore of 80s cartoons villains. Whose would be next? Miles Mayhem, maybe, for Mask could fill in the other spot. I don't know. Leave that up to yourself. You might throw a bone to, like, a Beast Man and put him up there, even though I doubt you will. Maybe Evil Lynn. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, the next one up is Stratos. Stratos is a heroic warrior. He's a good guy. He's a face, a baby face. His gimmick is that he can fly. His whole body is made sort of, like, uh, with the texture of feathers. I did have him as a kid, but the straps, he has wings, very small wings, one that goes on each arm. I guess he would use these to glide. I don't know. I don't even think so. He must he must be able to fly through some kind of other other means like Superman. How Superman can just get up there in the sky and fly. He must have some kind of a gimmick like that. And the wings the wings are just for show. He's not really like an amazingly impressive figure. I can't imagine why I would have picked him up. Honestly, right now I don't have him. I am going to get him. You can get him for like 15-18.99. With shipping on the eBay. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. I do have his head. I bought a Stratos I found at the dig. The hand. One of the hands was like super chewed up. 
A homie of mine on uh, Instagram told me that when he was a kid, he used to chew the hands. He had like a nervous habit and he would chew the hands and then it would get like super flat and super squishy. He told me that the uh, the He-Man hands were good for eating because they were kind of a soft plastic. I can see that. That wasn't something I did, but I can definitely, I can definitely see that. But um, the Stratus had that giant hand. I now wish I would have kept him just because it was kind of fun. But I, I popped his head off and I have it in the living room next to a, uh, next to this area where we have a bunch of weird things. That are all red colored. I'll, I'll give you a little inside info about the in base, the uh, earth base, rather. We have we have one corner of the living room where it has like a red lava lamp and it shines down. And the lamp that we have there, the, the normal lamp, has a red cover, right? So the whole area, it looks red, like the red light district. So we find like all kinds of weird little red knickknacks to put over there. And one of the things that I have there is a um, Stratos' head. It's sitting there as well as a, a Clamp Champ, who's another G.I. Joe. He-Man, rather, that I found that I popped his head off because I believe that he was missing an arm. CC was missing an arm, as I recall. Who's the big guy with the muscles? Who's the big guy with the muscles? All right, we are back. I probably should have just, uh... I probably should have just hung in there. There's only a couple left. The next one is the female lead of the show, I guess. It would either be here, her, her. It would either be her or maybe the sorceress. Maybe some people would say that. Maybe some people would mistakenly say Shira. But Shira's like her own. She's her own thing. I am talking, of course, about Tila. Tila is a female character. Obviously, she has she has a staff. With like a cobra on it. It's curved toward the top. And it's a cobra. She has a small shield on her other arm. And an armor that covers her shoulder. It's all it's all in the snake motif. Right now I have Tila. But I don't have any of her gear. It's, it's tough man. Because the gear costs just as much as the figure. It's like I almost might as well just buy an all new Tila. And then just sacrifice my old Tila. But I would feel weird... I would feel weird doing that. So I think what I would actually do is I would buy the whole new Tila, right? Take off all her gear, give it to my new Tila, and then throw the uh, Tila that I picked up online or wherever in a uh, in the part bin. Did you hear how weird I said wherever or wherever there right then? Like wherever or wherever. Wherever. I suddenly turned like a, uh, or wherever. A British goofball. Not like a full on Brit. Like some American goofball. Wherever. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get back to the He-Man. And then in between there you have the Wind Raider. That's a vehicle. That's the, uh, flying gimmick that you see He-Man in all the time. It's green. It has like an orange gun in the front. I didn't have this either. I don't have it now. I don't think I'm going to get into any of the uh, He-Man villains outside of vehicles, rather. I'm going to get into all the He-Man villains, but I'm not going to get into a lot of the vehicles. Just just like uh, the Panther that I don't know the name of, and also Battle Cat. The final one, the final one here is, uh, it's a dude that goes by the name of Zodak. Zodak is wearing gray underwear, and he has no shirt, but he has red armor, a red head, as well as a blaster. I also have Zodak's head. Over in the red area. Over the years, I didn't think that I'd ever be in the He-Mans again. So I'd see him at the dig or wherever. I imagine it would have to be the dig. It can't be anywhere else. I'm not going to buy one from the flea market unless it's like a dollar. Just to pop their heads off. But I have Zodak's head over in the red light district. The interesting thing about Zodak is that he declares himself as neutral. We all know there is no true neutral 
in the world. It's not a real thing. It's not a thing at all. But Zodak, he said he rides it down the middle. So there you go. You have the entire first round. You can get Zodak for like 14, 15 bucks. I already have one like on my watch list. I'm going to pick up whenever I get like 20 bucks that I want to like just spend online. But uh, I'm waiting for that day. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry to get Zodak. But I did, I did buy somebody else. We're going to end up this He-Man segment. It's not a G1 He-Man by any means, but it is something that I got online. I put a watch on it. And the guy sent me an offer, like five bucks off the price. I think I got it for like eleven ninety nine, with a little shipping. Let me, let me see. This is a He-Man that I, I have right now, but I don't have any of the accessories. So when I got the offer on this one with all the accessories, I was like, I'm gonna go for it. I gotta say right off the bat, this is not wrapped very well. It's in a poly mailer, like a plastic mailer, and it's wrapped on the inside with paper. Not even very well. I get it. A He-Man is... It's nigh indestructible, but it is... It is able to get damaged. Especially one like this. I think... I think a He-Man deserves a box. Now, let me give him a little credit. Did it put it in some bubble wrap on the inside? Maybe Homeboy couldn't find... Couldn't find a box. I'll forgive him. I've done worse things on eBay sales. Let's open this guy up. Inside of that, he's inside a... Uh, I said inside twice. He's inside of a uh, plastic bag. A Ziploc bag. He tried. He tried. I, uh, homie did fine. Let's see. This, this is a guy known as Buzz Off. Buzz Off is kind of, he's kind of like a bee, I guess. He's a good guy. I don't know what year he came out. I have him on my shelf right now. I don't even care what year he came out. Three years from now. Let's say 85, 86. All right. Now we gotta, we gotta find out. Let's, uh, we're on hemanor.org right now so we can find out. Let's, We'll continue to scroll till we find out. There he is. Buzz Buzz Off came out in 1984. He is a heroic warrior. He looks like a bee. He has a helmet that also looks very bee-like. And then he has an axe that he can fit within his pincers. He has pincers, not hands. I have him right now, and I, I do like him. I think he's neat. I like bees. Everybody likes bees. Bees are cool, man. Who has beef against bees? I guess maybe if you're allergic. But then... That's a whole different thing. I do like his wings. They're neat how they open up and he becomes maybe like six to eight inches wide, like all the way across his wingspan. But then when you when you want, you can fold them and they double over on top of each other and they become very slim behind him. The helmet doesn't fit that great, honestly, but it's fine. Action figure helmets are they're very hit and miss. I, I think he's cool. I don't think that I'm going to take the buzz off that I have now and flip the gear. Because I don't really have any kind of a sentimental attachment to that buzz off. I apologize if you can hear me right now, buzz off. I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to speak ill of you in that way. It's just the truth. You're gonna go in the action figure bin. But there you go. That was a bit of He Man talk. I think it's fun. I like to talk toys. I just I tend to talk movies more, and I apologize for that. It's because I go to the movies every week, and I don't have a lot. I dropped Buzz Off's helmet. It went under the desk. That's awesome. Isn't that how things go? It'll be easy to get. I'm just going to have to get down on my hands and knees. Buzz off. I'm happy to have you amongst my dudes. I I don't know what else there is to say about this He-Man topic. Let's move into the final segment. It's going to be great. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk more about... Uh, oh, I got a, I got a pretty, pretty good story about something that I found. It's going to be fun. We'll talk about that in a sec. Covering 
the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. Game over, man. It's game over. Geekfest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all. So say we all. Join us by listening in at iTunes, YouTube, and at geekfestrants.com. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, we have done it. We have made it to the final segment of the show. This is the one where I talk about whatever, whenever, just different things that are that are going on. I got I got time for like a quick story. It's a good one though. The other day, me and the wife was heading out to the flea market. It was Sunday morning. It was like eight. You know, we're we're in her car. She's driving. We're going. When we we go past near where uh, Paperbacks Unlimited is, and I see a uh, like a sign on the side of the road. It said, like, auto loans, right? And I see it as, like, red letters, the kind that, if you plugged it in, it would light up. And it's laying there, and it has a sign that says free. And I'm like, hey, let's let's go look at that sign. That looks like something that might be fun to, like, tuck away in the corner of the backyard, you know, like a yard art, like a decoration. And she's like, yeah, you know, let's go take a look. So we, we dip around, and I... I start looking at it, and I, like, immediately take a liking to it, and I'm like, I think that, I think that we should get this. It was, it was bigger than it looked when we drove by. It was probably, like, 12, 15 feet. It's pretty big, but I, I did kind of want it. I've always wanted, like, a sign to, like, lay in the backyard, like, like a post-apocalyptic ruins or something. So I'm like, why don't you, you go home and get the truck, and I'll stay here. And I'll, like, guard it in case anyone else wants it. As if anyone else wants it. So I'm I'm standing there, and, you know, she goes, and I'm standing there, and I, I'm waiting for her to come back. And, I'm you know, I'm looking around. I'm trying not to be obtrusive in the front of, in the front of somebody's house. But I'm looking at the place, and I start realizing that this was, this was where the gun store was when we first moved to uh, California, like, way back in, like, 1983 or 84. I, I remember this because they had a cannon in the parking lot as sort of like an attention getter, you know, something to, uh, to pull customers in. And every time we drive by, I would look at this can and I'd be like, that is so wacky. That's so crazy. And I'd always want to stop and check it out, but my parents were not going to let me uh, head over to the gun store and check out some cannon. So it was just like this neat thing I would see every time we would drive by. And we would drive by a lot. This is how you get out of Rincon Valley. This is like, you know, the main highway to get into Santa Rosa. And I'm standing there thinking... This is that very place. I'm in the parking lot of that uh, that gun store that I used to see. And then the dude who's in the house, he comes out and he's like, "Hey, can I, uh, you know, can I help you with something?" I'm like, "Oh no, man, I'm sorry. I don't, I know, you know, I don't mean to get in your way. I'm just, I'm gonna grab this sign that you have out of here. My wife um, is going to get the truck." So he goes, "Oh, you're interested in like weird uh, yard art or whatever?" And I go, "I am." As a matter of fact. So he let me go in his backyard. He's like, let's go look at my backyard. I'm trying to get rid of all this stuff back here. And he let me, uh, he let me like dig around and like poke around a bit. And he's like, you could have anything that you see that looks decent. And it was like a bunch of cars and things like that, like rotted out cars. But I, I found like a grill for a car, like a really neat grill. I later learned it's like a Jaguar 
grill. You can check underneath. It says like, you know, Jaguar. That's, uh, that's really neat. I got that. I put that out in the front yard. I tucked it around a wine barrel. It's like, it's like rounded off. It's really neat. I felt like I was on this cool adventure, like digging through this guy's backyard. So I'm trying to make conversation. I'm trying to be friendly. And I mentioned a dude like, Hey, this used to be the gun store with the cannon in the front when I first, uh, when I first moved here. And he's like, that was my dad's shop. That was my dad's shop, and he ran it till uh, he finally retired, and now we uh, we live in the house. I I started talking about the cannon and how cool it was when I would see it. This is like a World War II cannon. Don't get it twisted. It's not like a pirate cannon or anything like that. Think like you're in like World War II or like the Korean War, and you have some like light artillery. It's not like a giant cannon or anything. It's like something that like one or two people would probably man or operate. Pretty, pretty dope. And he's like, oh, we got the cannon. Over here, right? He's like, that's over in the uh, in the side yard with the stuff we're keeping. You want to check it out? And I'm like, I definitely do want to check that out. I've wanted to check that out my whole life. So we went over there, and he uh, he let me take a look at it. It was really great. It was like a dream, a dream fulfilled. Dude was like super duper nice. And eventually, the wife showed up, and we started trying to load this uh, the sign and this car grill and like a couple other odd pieces of metal that I found. I like weird, like, metal things. I like to, I like to just, like, tuck them away in the corner. Over time, they start, like I said, over time, they start to get, like, a post-apocalyptic look, and it's kind of, it's kind of neat when they get overgrown. So I, I threw that stuff in there, but the, uh, the sign was actually, like, way, way, way too big for the bed of the truck, and we got a giant truck. This truck is, like, a 90s truck. It's huge. It's gigantic. It's, like, a work truck. And it was way over the side. So we all, we tied it on. We had some rope in the truck, and we tied it, you know, and we we got it all secure. It was as secure as could be. We put a red a red caution flag on the back, and we, we drove, like, all the weird back roads. Like, all the weird back roads to get back to the house. We did not want to go through any traffic. That would be whack. That would be, like maximum whack because this thing was just so big it kind of had us both both little shook we we drive the truck and we take stuff around in the truck but we don't normally transport like giant pieces of cargo or anything so we're we're doing that we made it back home and when we got back home i was like i'm looking at this sign and i go i don't even know how we get this in the backyard i don't know how we're gonna do that we have a gate but uh the size of this sign and it's heavy it is so much heavier than i recall when it's just like the two of us it's uh well it's heavier than when it was uh the three of us obviously and we're gonna have to maneuver this like all the way through the backyard through these like narrow trails that we've made we have like all kinds of little trails with stones and stuff but they're narrow they're neat they're not meant for like moving large pieces of cargo through but I'm I'm like we just got to do it we got to do it I knew where I wanted to put it in the side yard I wanted it up against the side yard fence where it would be like behind the blackberry bush right so when the blackberries grew over it and the blackberries grow then they get cut down and they grow every year so it'd be kind of neat just like one part of the year you see it the next part it's gone and I'm thinking yeah that'll be cool but we gotta we gotta move it through the entirety of the yard before we can get over there this is like this is no easy task. I'm telling you, it was whack. But we we start doing it, and we're banging into the fence, and we're banging it in over here, and we're arguing and begging, and it's just like, you know how it goes with things like this. It's no fun. This is like a true test of a, of your marriage. But we got it over to the um to the side yard where we wanted it. We both we both heaved it up because there's a small fence separating the side yard from the uh rest of the yard. It's not a big fence, it's only like waist high, but it's it's right there. We have to go, you know, lift the thing up 
and we slide it over, but we can't just like slide it the length of the fence because it has all kinds of areas, brackets where you would like hang it off something. It has all these protrusions. It's not it's not smooth, so we're sliding it, then you gotta lift it. You slide it, and then you gotta lift it. You gotta slide it, and you gotta lift it. And so it goes, so it goes, but eventually we got it to where I wanted it up against the fence, and I'm like, this thing is a lot, lot, lot longer than I than I thought. It almost goes like the whole length of the side yard. Like the whole length of the thing. It's crazy. It is so it is so long, but I got it. It's back there. And it's kind of fun. I I do have a bit of regret, I guess, because now I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is like an outdoor sign. It's meant to be outdoors. It's gonna be out here for the rest of our lives. As long as we are here, that sign is gonna be here. And honestly when we move, if we ever move, I don't really think we would but if we ever did, I'm probably leaving it because I don't want to bring it out. One day the uh, new tenants will come in and they'll be like, where did this come from? And that'll be that. But uh, yeah, I got it. I got a big sign that says auto loans. It's red. The guy told me that you can take the letters off and rearrange them. So I I might look into that. I couldn't see any way to do it when I was looking at it. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. That just probably means I am a, uh, I'm a dumb dumb. That was, that was a fun adventure though. And then we uh, did that. And we actually, like, went to the flea market still. So that was all good. We, uh, we had a good time there. I don't know what I got. I don't remember. The sign was the big get. You know, the sign was the, uh, the big thing. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that's about it for, like, my adventures for the week. I just got one last thing. This is kind of like a last minute, sort of, doesn't really happen, has never happened before in all the episodes, the 200 episodes before, the 16 episodes now. This is never, not, never, not, never happened, but I... I saw a movie, like, right at the wire, right at the wire of the deadline, so I thought I would go ahead and just, like, tack it in right here. I thought that I would tack it in and that you guys could enjoy it as a way to go out. I'll come back at the end for another second, let you know what's happening next week, let you know about some Patreon stuff, all that, all that good stuff, but as for now, we're gonna cut into my review of uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. It has a different title, but I forget what it is. It's the Harley Quinn movie... With Margot Robbie. Here we go. Late ending uh, at the movies. How do I be like you? Number one, I get a life of crime. Hi, boys. Number two, no one is like Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey. Rated R. All righty, tidy whitey. It is me, and we are back for what is an unprecedented. Never been done before at the movies in the final segment of the show. I thought I thought it had to be done because as we go to press, we saw Harley Quinn. And since we're not going to be back for a couple weeks, which is which is sad, I thought that we had to uh, we had to get this out now. I had to let you guys know what I thought, just in case you're on the fence. Which it which it seems like a lot of people might be because when we went, there were maybe like seven people in the theater, eight maybe. We had the whole entire row to ourselves, and this was in. This was in the big theater. This was in theater two over at airport cinema. I, I don't know. I hear the movie is not doing very well at the box office and I cannot, I cannot imagine why that would be. Margot Robbie, who plays Harley Quinn, is like a legitimate movie star. Harley Quinn, the character, is over like Rover. She's like the biggest thing DC has going right now. So I know not why people would be staying away. It wasn't like the Suicide Squad. Was that terrible? The Joker movie that just came out was, uh, got a, you know, a lot of Oscar buzz. By the time you hear this, the Oscars will be over, so you'll know how it turned out. But, um, that's, that's an unprecedented thing for a, uh, comic book movie. So I don't know. 
I don't really know what's keeping people away, but I myself couldn't be I couldn't be kept out by anything. I, I I love Harley Quinn. I'm a Harley Quinn mark from uh from way back. I realize the character hasn't been around for like that long, but I I've been on it since the jump. I think she's fun. I I can tell you, man, I did not never, never, ever think that she would have the success that she's having right now. She is so big. She's just like she's as big as the Batman. I mean that. She's as big as Superman. She's she's potentially ousting Wonder Woman as the third person in the trilogy. It might be the trilogy is actually Batman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn because they're doing a number on the Superman character in the movie and I don't even know if people people want to see any more of that. This is the second movie that we've seen Harley Quinn in. The first was, of course, the, uh, the Suicide Squad, which is like a, that's a much lamented movie. And while it wasn't great, there is a lot of fun stuff in there. And most of the fun stuff, I got to admit, is it is kind of centered around Harley Quinn. This movie takes place after that. This isn't like a prequel. This isn't anything like that. We've We've already learned all the origin stuff that we need from Harley in the first movie. So this one uh, takes off with her having just broken up with the Joker. And she's on her own. She's out there trying to do her own thing, trying to become a crime boss of her own. All that fun stuff. In a way, this kind of mirrors this cartoon that they have right now on uh, DC Universe. The uh, DC streaming app, which I... Which I have and I like a lot, but they have a uh, Harley Quinn cartoon with, I think it's Caitlin Cuoco as Harley and Lake Bell is as uh, Poison Ivy. And in that one, she's broken up with the Joker and she's out there trying to form her own gang. She gets like Kite Man, she gets like Killer Shark, all these all these people. And it's totally profane and it's totally fun. And in a lot of ways, it kind of mirrors this movie because it's the, it's, it's pretty much the same story. She's out there. She just left the Joker. She's sad. She's hurt. But at the same time, she wants to she wants to get revenge. And the best way she can think of getting revenge is by getting some sweet success. By going out there and becoming a bigger, better crime boss than Mr. J. Mr. J himself. I thought this was a pretty fun movie. The action is crazy. There's all kinds of fun, goofy comedy. I laughed many, many, many times. I did think that it was a lot of fun. They introduced a whole bunch of new characters. You got a uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress. You got uh, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya from Gotham Central. You get somebody as Cassandra Kane, who I believe is a Batgirl, a Batgirl who wore like an all black outfit with, with no mouth because she was mute. I don't know. Is that the same person? I know not. If you're, if you're a bigger comic book expert than me, Please let your boy know. Is that the Batgirl that has that creepy, scary black latex outfit? There is also uh, Josie Smollett as the Black Canary, which is pretty fun. You might know her from Friday Night Lights. You might know her from Roll Bounce. She's been in, like, all kinds of stuff. I feel like I've been, I've been watching her for a while. The movie has a lot of really great action sequences. There's a fight in a fun house that is just bananas. It's like a trampoline fight with all the girls battling a bunch of gangsters. It was, it was pretty neat. One of the highlights to me was Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. He does villainy with just like this over-the-top glee. It's just amazing. It's great. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. If you're wondering, should I bring the kids? Could I bring my kitties? This is a comic book movie. Think of it more along the lines of like a Deadpool rather than along the lines of like an Ant-Man. There's a lot of violence. There are so many broken limbs in this movie. Harley's fighting style seems to be solely based around breaking people's legs. She's kicking people and breaking their legs. She's hitting them with bats 
and breaking their legs. And these are like graphic breaks. Like you're seeing people fall to the ground with their limbs all all akimbo. It's horrible. There's a there's a character who cuts people's faces off. There is a scene where Harley does a bunch of cocaine and goes on a uh, rampage of uh, violence. It's it's over the top and it's silly, like Deadpool. So if you have like a teen who's up there, it might be might be okay. You would not want to bring like a little kid to this. There's far too much violence. There's far too much limb breaking. There's blood. There's drugs. There's guns. There is crazy amounts of swearing. I got to say, I'm not the kind of guy who goes for like profane blue language. It's not in me. It's not your dude. I hardly ever swear. It's not something I'm into. I, I like to keep it clean. I'm a family man. But I think that Harley Quinn is a character that is best served with a with a little salty language. When he starts swearing at guys, it it just feels appropriate. It feels right. It feels great. In in the commercials, in the trailers, there's a scene where you hear her go, "I'm Harley freaking Quinn." And in the movie, they do the right things. She says a word that begins with F that sounds like freaking, but is not freaking. It sounds right coming out of her. I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought it was really cool. I think that DC's on a they're on a nice roll right now. Shazam was okay. Joker was really good. This is pretty good too. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping they can keep keep doing this. I I like the tone of a DC movie a little bit more than the tone of a Marvel movie. I like Marvel movies. I think they're fun. I think they're great popcorn fare. But I I I do like a little bit more of an adult-oriented tone in a movie every once in a while, if it's appropriate. Like, don't go and take every character and make them rated R. But there are certain characters, Deadpool, Harley Quinn, the Joker. If you're going to do a movie about them, it is best served by doing it in an adult fashion, if you ask me. I don't know. Don't don't go out there and say that your dude's uh, all for uh, adult movies or whatever, but I, I do think that this was better with an R rating. It allowed him to go a little bit further than I would have thought. So, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I give Harley Quinn a solid 3.5 3. mics. Mic. 3.5 mics. So, all right, guys, there you have it, man. That's been, like, a pretty fun episode. I think there's a lot of cool stuff in there, a lot of creativity, a lot of thought went into each and every word that came out of me. I mean that. Every word I said, I thought about many, many, many times. The show takes me, like, eons to produce in that sense. We will be back in a couple weeks. I think when we return, I'm going to do I'm gonna do a top five I've had uh, on my mind for a while. I'm going to run down my top five favorite members of the Justice League. Now, the the caveat, the catch to this is I am going to exclude the Holy Trinity of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Heck, why don't we go ahead and add Aquaman, Green Lantern, The Flash, and any other main members that we can think of. We'll go as far as Green Arrow. We'll stop there. The Green Arrow was like the next dude inducted into the gang. So we're going to exclude Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, and also the Green Arrow. So we're going to have like the uh, the DBC list guys. You got your vibes. You got your Zatannas. You got all these other guys who are out there hanging and clanging. Commander Steel. All these dudes out there doing their best for the Justice League. And I don't think they get the credit they deserve. So I'm going to go down 
one by one, my top five B-list Justice League members. It's going to be great. It's going to be cool. You're going to have a great time. Please, my dudes, if you like what we're doing, and I think you do, I think you do, I think this is really improving your life in a lot of ways. If you like what we're doing, please consider becoming a Patreon member over at support. TheReport.com. I have an all-new, all-fun episode of the patron-only show about to drop. After we do the Justice League, this one's going to drop the next week. It's going to be a POS. It's going to be amazing. This show, this show is great. There is so much fun stuff on this episode of the POS. You got that. You got a million other great things on SupportTheReport.com. You get a, you get a custom RSS feed that you put right into your podcatcher, so you get. All the episodes delivered right into whatever app it is that you use to listen to the show. It's amazing. It's the greatest thing ever. You want to join. You want to support me. You want to be one of the cool guys. You want to be one of us. Like my dude, Sean, who just signed up. Thank you, Sean. Big up to Sean. Sean, you mean the world to us. Big up to everybody who's been a patron all along. You're great, Mighty Matt D. Everybody out there. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. So, until we meet again, this is me, Icy Robot, saying, if you don't know, I know. Because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? That's right, ELE. What does ELE stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. All right, let's uh, let's do that again. Take two. Okay, go. Make men trade hands with young guns. They stop manufacturing the cloth that I'm cut from. <laughs> Big guy with a muscle. Your host, Icy Robots. <laughs>